It has long been said that the human body is a beautiful work of nature. Well, if you're a fine art nude photographer that takes the human body and uses it to mimic shapes that are actually found in nature, it makes your job a little bit easier. Today, it's Rainbow Hills on this episode of Behind the Shot. Hi, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Behind the Shot. I'm your host, Steve Brazel. On this show, we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look at one of their shots from conception to completion and all the weird little intricacies and problems and issues and and solutions that happen in between. Uh, Today's guest is somebody that I've known for for a little while. He's also involved with This Week in Photo. In fact, he has a class in the This Week in Photo school that I will tell you about coming up in just a little bit. But today's guest is Craig Colvin. Craig, welcome to Behind the Shot. Uh, Hi, Steve. Thanks. uh, Thanks for inviting me. It's been so long since I saw you because we just saw each other at WPPI in Las Vegas. Yeah, just a few weeks ago. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, man. The, the, the socialization aspect of WPPI to me is what really makes the show. The ability to sit around and have a drink with a bunch of photographers like yourself and, and talk shop. Right. Well, I, yeah, a lot of people, I never see them except once a year there at WPPI. So it's always good to to go and catch up with everyone. Yeah. And Frederick and everybody from from, uh, you know, the the Twip family and so on and so forth. So let's talk about you for a little bit. Uh, You are San Francisco based. You're a fine art photographer. And what I find interesting about the type of stuff that you shoot, it's it's photography. I would never most likely be able to shoot. You photograph the human body, but you photograph it as art where where the body shapes kind of simulate nature in a way. When somebody asks you what you shoot, how do you describe it? Uh, well, I, I do, it is uh, I do fine art nudes where I'm trying to abstract the human body and show the curves of the body uh, to make them look like the curves of nature. Which is really the shot that we're going to be talking about today is a perfect example of that. You've got a number of them on your website, and I'll, I'll give the link to your website in the show notes and at the end of this uh, recording as well. But you are an award-winning wedding photographer. I mean, I, I was looking through your website, and over the last seven years, the number of awards that you've accumulated, uh, I had to scroll, let's put it that way. And you've been published in books and magazines. You've been in Rangefinder. You've been published in South Korea. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get all sorts of requests for uh, you know using my images. Uh, they approached me and said, we love your work and would like to uh, do a whole feature on you. Uh, and I don't... Uh, I, I don't read Korean, and I, uh, I actually haven't found a translator yet to know what they said about me, but they did a whole feature in uh, a South Korean magazine. See, that's where we're different. I would have been finding a translator or a, a Korean dictionary so fast to find out what they said. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, um, I, I will eventually, but uh, they always say that, you know, pretty much the same thing. Nice things, uh, I hope. So uh, I, I will do that down the road. Positive mental attitude, man. Positive mental attitude. (laughs) You have had something that most fine art photographers dream about and many don't get. You've had exhibits, but not just exhibits in the U.S. or in San Jose where you live, but pretty much everywhere from the West Coast of the U.S. all the way to Spain. That's Um, right. So, again, you've got some chops behind you as far as recognition from your peers and from the, the fine art industry. You also teach workshops. That's correct. Um, And there's information on your workshops on your website. Again, a link at the end of the show. Um, And then something else that you've done that I find fascinating, and it's it's a class I got to sign up for on TWIP School. I've got a a brief 
introduction to concert photography on the TWIP school, but you have a full-fledged class called Photographing the Human Form on TWIP school, correct? That's correct. Right. And it's uh, it shows how I do the studio lighting for uh, my nudes in the studio. Um, I show, I believe, eight or nine different lighting techniques, and it goes through uh, all the different setups I do. So how this one was lit, uh, this particular shot we're going to be looking at. Uh, it would be you discuss this class. shot that we're going to talk about I, in the I class. discuss a similar shot, uh, similar lighting uh, in that course, which is awesome because this shot that we're going to talk about today is called Rainbow Hills. I'm not going to bring it up yet intentionally because I, I, I kind of want to hear something before I do. Okay. The, the photograph is called Rainbow Hills. And again, you got to understand that Craig shoots fine art nudes that somewhat replicate in one way or another uh real aspects or real attributes of nature so take take that shot rainbow hills in your mind and take that title and and think about what you're about to see and see if it matches when you see it because it did exactly to what i pictured so before i bring the shot up give me an idea on on this particular photograph did you have this concept in your head before you shot it uh, I, I did. So I had done the previous year to this shot. I had done uh, my multiscape series, which was a series of bodyscapes with multiple models. And I had been pushing it. Uh, I had done two models, three models, five models. And this was uh, I was trying to figure out where to go with it. And this was the result of it. So this was all it was all planned. I had um, uh, 38 shots storyboarded for this particular shoot. And this was this was the number one shot. So it was you had in mind shooting multiple poses, et cetera. Let me let me pull the shot up because it'll make more sense to everybody. You know, if they're seeing it on screen, this is Rainbow Hills and it is exactly what I pictured, except the textures on the bodies. But other than that, when I hear the title Rainbow Hills, that's what I see when I think of fine art nude. So you had how many storyboarded? Uh, I had 38 shots total uh, storyboarded. Um for us to shoot and we we got we ended up doing a total of 43 shots so this was this is not a composite of those shots this is one of the shots from that series that's correct and okay. yeah this is seven models uh, all body painted um to and, and and laying on a a stage that i built uh so that we get the elevation from front to back so you just said something that was one of the questions I have written down in my notes, actually. It's seven models and they're body painted. I was wondering, is that a texture you laid in in post? Is it some skin tight outfit and I simply can't see the fabric? Each of no. these models was completely body painted? That's correct. Uh, and and in fact, there's not a lot of post in this particular shot. I did remove one tattoo on one of them that was kind of bleeding through and uh, darkened the background. But this is pretty much how it was out of camera. Really? Um, yeah. So they were they we they all had a a solid base coat. Um, so you know, full hair, face, feet, everything of, and of a of a solid color. Solid so color. you know, the so red, orange, solid yellow, yellow green. solid red, solid whatever. Right. And then uh, a stencil was used with an airbrush to do the patterns on the body. So and each one has a unique pattern. Yeah, and, and which to me is. Okay, well, l let me rephrase this. I was going to say, which to me is kind of what makes the shot is the, is the stencils. But I got to say, when I first saw this shot, there were two things that popped out at me. One, the color progression, right? So the order of the colors could have been rearranged, obviously, in, in many different ways. Do the math seven times seven. Um, you could have rearranged these in any order. Was this a conscious 
thought of, yes. of the progression? Yes, it was to be the, the, the spectrum of the rainbow. So go, th- this is the exact color order that you would find in a rainbow. Oh, okay. I did not make that connection, probably because I'm colorblind. Okay. So that, that probably affects that. Um, but then the stencils. The flow of the stencils could have been, had you put the different stencils in a different order. For example, the front stencil, if it was in the back, would not have stood out as much, especially the second stencil. Um, I don't think if it was in the back would have stood out as much from that distance. So it's almost like the stencils get more aggressive as they go back to compensate for distance. Was that also conscious? (laughs) That one actually was just happenstance. So uh, actually the models picked out which stencil they wanted on their body. And you and, just and it just it just worked out that way. OK, because you see so, what I'm saying, right? Yes, absolutely. Yep. And and I, I can picture that second stencil on the darker color in the far back, not standing out as much, although right. against against the darker color, it might have. But but, you know, lucky happenstance as it were. Now, you're a cannon shooter. So this was shot with cannon. That's correct. And what body would this have been done with? Uh, this was uh, 5D Mark II. OK, uh, and with- I looked up the EXIF data on this. And uh, do you know the lens that this was shot with? Yeah, it was a uh, 24 to 105 uh, f4L lens, which is one of my favorite lenses. It's actually not a super exciting lens in many ways, but doing what I do with concert photography, it was my go to lens for years until I just got the f4 bit me so many times I finally stopped using it. But but the range on the 24 to 105 is so nice. It's got a nice sharpness to it. It's not the sharpest tack in the shed, but but uh, it's it's wonderful in that sense. And in this case, it is tack sharp. Your exposure on this was what to to, to uh, do. The, and this is studio, right? This was studio. Yeah. So I, I use that lens a lot in the studio. I don't tend to use it on my outdoor shots as much. Um, let's see. The it was a one one hundred and sixtieth of a second at f fourteen uh, ISO one hundred. So and and forty five millimeters is where you ended up on the twenty four to one five. That's correct. And I was going to stop the screen sharing to to see our faces on the video here really quick, but I I want to keep it up for a second because this is a studio shot, and one of the things a lot of people struggle with when they're starting to do studio shots, studio lighting, etc., is that exposure triangle and where they land. A lot of people don't use a handheld meter; they try and do metering in camera. So I'm curious when you're looking at this shot, you chose f14 obviously because of of depth of field issues. How? What's the um? What's the spread of the bodies here, depth wise? Um, they it's it's about eight feet. Um, I the platform that they are on was an eight foot by eight foot uh, square, uh, and it rises from front to back. And it so it's a, a tiered surface that's raised up. Right. It's a it's an it's a sloped sl- basically a sloped uh, eight foot by eight foot plywood panel, and it raises from you know on the ground to I believe I ended up at two feet in the back. So here's something at F14 at 45 millimeters. I wouldn't think that you would get sharp nose to tail for this. Probably not. Probably not the best words to use on this shot. Right. (laughs) uh, Front to back uh, over an eight foot span. But you appear to have kept your depth of field for all eight feet. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yep. Uh, Did did you know that that would work? uh, Um. I I knew it was kind of borderline. Uh, I I really wanted to shoot this at f eighteen, uh, but my my lights were maxed out, and so that's uh, you know I I ended up with f fourteen and uh, hoped it worked. 
And and it did. I mean, obviously, again, yeah. it is it is sharp from front to back with seven bodies in there over an eight foot span. And and maybe it's me because I don't do that type of shooting. But if I were setting that up, I would almost think to myself, I need a calculator to calculate what my depth of field is going to be because I wouldn't think that I would get sharp. But that's what really makes this shot is the fact that it is tack sharp front to back. You can see the the intricate details of the stenciling in the body paint, etc. Um when you when you had this storyboarded you went, when when you look at motion pictures and they storyboard you know motion picture scenes right like whatever it is a car chase whatever inevitably something changes when you storyboarded your 30 whatever shots for this and this was one of those was this exactly as you had pre-visualized it uh this particular shot was um because I had done this multiscape series where I used five models and also had rolling hill type look, uh, this most of those 38 shots were were shots I had already done similar um, in the multiscape series. So I was just trying to replicate those. Uh, so go, go there, ahead. There were so and there were there were a few shots where um, I wasn't sure exactly what concept I, I, I had a, a vague concept, but not the exact pose. Um, so that's why towards the end, a lot of them were we just played around. So this around. one was kind of a hybrid of of what the storyboard was and what was real. Now, this one was exactly what the story exactly was. what it was. Yeah, right. OK, so you you see that that's why I don't do this type of photography is you see this in your head. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't see this in my head and, and and unfortunately I'm not sure that's a skill that can be taught, but I would love to be able to see this type of thing in my head and have that, that vision and then actually go execute it. When like, for example, when you're doing this and you use the 24 to 105 F4, why that lens, right? I mean, you could have backed up and you, you could have used a, a 51.8, right? I mean, right. You, you ended up at about 40 something millimeters. Let me pull up my notes here. I forgot yeah. 45 millimeters. You could have used a 51.8 and shot this. You could have used a 200 and gotten compression. Was there, was it a conscious thought to choose that particular lens for some of its attributes? Um, not so much because the attributes, I, I typically in the studio, I like to shoot a 70 to 200. Um, I like the compression it gives, but because of the depth of the stage that they were on and the size of my studio, I couldn't back up far enough. So I went with the 24 to 105 because I had to be a little closer uh, than I would typically be in a shoot. So then you've got them positioned and obviously lighting on a shot like this is a work in progress, right? I mean, you light it and then you go, you know what, based on where their bodies are, I need to change it a little bit. Um, and you play with your lighting. So explain to me in this particular shot what your lighting is. Okay. Uh, so there are three lights in this particular shot. And I'm going to start from the back. I have two uh, one by four gridded soft boxes, horizontal, that are set at 45 uh, on the, in the back corners. So they're strips or they're square? Uh, they're strips. Uh, one, one by four strips. And they're set at a 45 degree angle each. Okay. Right. Pointing back towards the camera. Uh, and so that's giving just a little bit of rim light. Uh, you can see on the, the the two purples in the back, you can kind of uh, where their arms are. You can kind of see yeah, the arms and, of, right. and the thought you can see it on both sides. So right, you've got right. the, the the next to the last one. You can really see it on the arm and the last one. You can see it on the on the thigh. Right. And then the main light is a uh, parabolic umbrella. 
by Paul C. Buff, and I meant to look it up. It's it's big. I think it's six feet across, um, with a uh, a white diffuser over the over the surface of it, and it is hanging uh, right above the um, the center of it is probably about where the orange model is. Straight down. It is. It is angled just slightly back. Okay, so the backlights are coming forward. The giant softbox or, or parabolic is straight over the orange, but slightly angled back. Right. Which explains, this was again one of my questions, was if you had any front light, those beautiful soft shadows in the curve of the hips mm -hmm. would be gone. Right. Um, and so you can see that the light is, is, is hitting, like for example, the first and second model. Are, are hitting the hip, but you have such a, a feathered, smooth, beautiful roll off of that shadow, which had that lighting been any different. Right. It wouldn't and, have been, it, not right. even different. Had it been any harsher, mm -hmm. it would have killed the shot because the whole thing is that smooth rolling rainbow hill effect. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely brilliantly lit i mean obviously what you do but but i have to ask and and you can lie if you want to did you get the lighting on the first try um actually i i so this was the first time i'd ever set done this lighting setup um i i knew that i needed to my my previous multiscapes were all backlit no front light at all but i knew because of the colors i needed to show it uh so i decided i would try to do this overhead lighting and i had it was as i said my first time trying it um i did so the the body painting took uh, a little over eight hours to paint all them so i had lots of time to play with it so i played without any models uh and it i probably spent 15 minutes getting well it. how did you play without any models did you have somebody lay in there uh, I I would just um, I, I have a mannequin and I just laid the mannequin down and kind of uh, figured out the intensity the, the, what uh, you know that I wanted f14 as my lighting um, I, I didn't know about the shadows until they got there and I did position it a little bit once they were all laying on the platform when I had all seven models uh, I moved it front to back just a little bit to get the look I wanted, but uh, it wasn't a lot of playing around with it once the models were there. So so the key here was you had a mannequin to really kind of spec it out, as it were. That's right. So you get this shot into post. Uh, you said that there were no, there was not a lot of post-production on this shot. Uh, there was. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, uh, I increased vibrance, uh, contrast and uh, it decreased the blacks. Uh, it, it was a little bit washed out. And so I you know, added the contrast to it in uh, in post. Uh, and then the, the background, because of the normally I would like to have the models be uh, eight feet from the background. But because of the my, my small studio size, the black drapes that were behind them were only probably about a foot. And so there was a little bit of light spill on that. So I did have to darken the drapes and make them pure black you lightroom photoshop what do you use uh i use both uh i always start off in lightroom and and uh, do the basic exposure information and then take it into photoshop if i need to do any masking so you did not boost the saturation or vibrance in this very much oh, i did no i did i did some a little bit um wasn't a lot in uh 
in I did that in Lightroom. Any any third party software that you use, plugins or anything like I, that? I do for um for a lot of my shoots, uh, I didn't own this one. Uh, I use Nick uh, software and Portraiture for skin smoothing, and I didn't need to. You know, I've played a little bit with Portraiture. I need to do that more. I'm a huge Nick fan. Um, Silver Effects Pro and Color Effects Pro in particular, and specifically right. in Color Effects Pro, Pro Contrast. I love Pro Contrast. I know uh, some other people who like a Detail Extractor, things like that. But right, um, I love your shot. Oh, well, thank you. Thank Absolutely love it. Well, like I say, when I when I heard the name Rainbow Hills and knowing the type of subjects that you shoot, this is almost exactly what I pictured. The, the, the titling is perfect for this, which to me matters. I mean, um, it, it, it helps it helps bring across the mood and 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 the enjoyment of the photo when it's titled mm -hmm. properly. And this one is right. absolutely perfect. So if people want to know more about Craig Colvin, where can they go? Um, my website, uh, craigcolvinphotography.com. Uh, I'm also on Facebook at Craig Colvin photography and Instagram at Craig Colvin photo. And then Twitter at Craig Colvin. That's correct. I got to ask you one. And, and yes. by the way, if you go to Craig Colvin photography.com, he's got social links to pretty much everything there, but you're on 500 picks, 500 yes. PX uh -huh. and it's moose 408. <laughs> yes. So when I first started, uh, I, I got a 500 PX account very, you know, very, very early on. And, uh, at the time I was, my, my wife did not like that. I was sharing my nude photos where people could find me. So I did not use my real name. And, uh, Moose 408 is a nickname I've had since, uh, well, Moose is a nickname I've had since college. I got to remember that. <laughs> I, I, I got to absolutely remember that. Now, one other thing I want to point out, actually two things is one. I mentioned that you have the, the class photographing uh, the human form uh, yeah. in the TWIP school. I will put the link to that school course in the show notes. And if you have not checked out the TWIP school, I've got a class up there too, a, a very short, brief introduction one that's free. Um, but you got to check out Craig's because it's an amazing tutorial. What I've seen on it. I watched your intro video, right? Um, amazing tutorial on, on posing and photographing, uh, the human form. But one other thing is this specific shot on YouTube, you actually have a behind the scenes video for this photo. I do. Right. It shows the, uh, the painting of the models, uh, the, the platform that they were all on. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, 10 or 15 of the, uh, the 43 looks that we did. Um, I will so, include yeah. that link in the show notes. Great. So Great. again, Craig, thank you so much for being on behind the shot. I appreciate you, you being here. Well, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you join us on the next episode of uh, behind the shot as we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind their shot. Mm -hmm.